Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 93 of Wrestle Life Radio. And in this episode, we have AEW Dynamite. We have one of the worst SmackDowns that have ever been on television. And we have the Raw Go Home Show for WrestleMania. My name is Matt Sand. I'm here with my little brother Micah and my cousin Kyle. We're here to tell you about this week in wrestling. You can follow me on Instagram at kyle.poly. Really? <laughs> so here's, the thing. Here, here's the thing this episode is going to get released before the other episode so people are going to be listening and like well i'm really confused about that so we just recorded uh tomorrow's episode right before this one so wait till tomorrow and you will see why kyle just made that joke it's like a rest of development we're telling you the joke before it actually happens yeah makes sense kyle's just stealing jr's gimmick <laughs> that's jr's bbq on twitter <laughs> under the black hat coming soon mm. so before a frequent we <laughs> frequent retweeter of wrestling or WWE porn <laughs> yeah that was weird should we just start over at this point <laughs> nope I'm, I'm, I'm very much i'm very much enjoying this so before we go before we move on, we're going to do... Are we going already? <clears throat> <clears throat> That's your week in review, guys. See you next week. No, 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 no. <clears throat> <clears throat> the Stay in Wrestling History! Yeah? All right? Sure. Do- okay. <laughs> Eight years ago today, WrestleMania 28, once in a lifetime, happened. Now, there was... Two matches on this show. Was it too big for one night? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. That's this WrestleMania. Uh, There were two matches on this show that were less than one star. Now, I am going to read out the matches, and I want you to stop me when you think that that is one of those two matches, all right? Okay. Okay. Number one, in the pre-show, you had Epico and Primo defeat the Usos, Justin Gabriel and Tyson Kidd in a triple threat match to retain the WWE Tag Team Championships. Yay or nay? Uh, nay. Micah? I'm going to say yay. All right. That's incorrect. They've got two and a quarter stars from Mr. Dave Meltzer. Yeah. I didn't figure so, but, you know, I wanted to be contrarian. Opening WrestleMania, you had Sheamus defeat Daniel Bryan. Kyle? Uh, yay. Micah? Nay. That is yay. That was the infamous 18-second match. Pretty much both the WrestleMania matches have been that way. Yeah, that, that match received zero stars. And they were going to wrestle again at WrestleMania 30 if it were up Thank to Vince McMahon. Come on. Good Lord. All right. The next match you had Kane defeat Randy Orton. Mike, I'll let you go first this time. Now I can't contradict him. Uh, no. Yay. Okay. Kyle? Nay. Kyle is 3-0. and Micah is 0-3. And that is Kane defeating Randy Orton to 1.75 stars. What a classic. Uh, Kyle, Big Show defeats Cody Rhodes for the Intercontinental Championship. Yay or nay? Uh, nay. Micah? I know, I know it's going to be nay, but I'm going to say yay. <laughs> it is nay. That is one and a half stars for the Big Show defeating Cody Rhodes. God, this WrestleMania was awful. I know. Next, you had Kelly Kelly and Maria Menunos defeating Beth Phoenix and Eve. Kyle? Uh, yay. Micah? Nay. You're just being contrarian. Yeah, I didn't watch this. I don't, I don't know. 
0.25 stars. Kyle's correct. He called it. So just so you know, the rest of the WrestleMania was the Undertaker defeating Triple H and Hell in a Cell. That was 4.75 stars. That is where Triple H clobbered the Undertaker in the head with a sledgehammer, and the match did not get stopped. I'm still salty. Uh, then you had Team Johnny, which I think is John Laurinaitis, with David Otunga, Mark Henry, The Miz, Jack Swagger, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre defeating Teddy Long, or Team Teddy Long, which was Santino Morella, R-Truth, Kofi Kingston, Zack Ryder, The Great Khali, and Booker T., uh, that was a whopping two and a quarter stars. Then you had CM Punk defeat Chris Jericho at, with three and three quarters, and The Rock defeat John Cena with three and three quarter stars. So, yeah, that was a miserable, miserable pay per view. Other than Undertaker and Triple H, I mean, even CM Punk and Jericho. I remember being super excited about that match, and it was good, but it wasn't as good as it should have been. Uh, no. And yeah. was that Rock Cena one? That was one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once in a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, once in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Also, just so you know, today, April 1st, 2020, just so happens to be Randy Orton's 40th birthday. Oh, my God. I know. He's old. And That's a junkie. Crazy. He's officially old. And a junkie. Why is he a junkie? Did you hear Edge's promo on Monday? Oh, that's right. You're right. Sorry. My bad. My bad. Jeez, and you're reviewing the show? Oh, my God. I know. I know. <laughs> so, AEW Dynamite. Let's move into that first, and I'm interested to see what you thought of this, Micah, because um, it was a very different feel for the standard AEW show. So, Micah, go ahead and uh, let's move straight into it. So, this AEW. So, I, I, I've spoken previously, uh, vocally. I think the there may have been one more that I disliked more. The, the Thanksgiving episode is generally the one I look back to is the one I enjoyed the least. However, I'll still say it was a good episode. This was not a good episode in my mind. I didn't uh, like it. Uh, uh, I didn't like it. Didn't like it. So okay. I understand it's not their fault that it wasn't a good episode. But if this was WWE, I would call it out. Didn't like it. Got to be fair. Got to be fair. So to start out with, first of all, Number one loss for the show. You don't have JR Excalibur. Yeah. That's a big loss for me. JR Tony Excalibur is, is a superstar, though. He does great. But it, it was, it he was is, a little different. He is. But JR and Excalibur are my two favorite commentators of all time. Okay. So that it, I, I'm loving their commentary team. I know JR is not quite what he used to be, but JR is the voice of my childhood. He's who I want to listen to with wrestling. Right. So you had Cody and Kenny intermediately in there. There are better choices for commentary on the AEW staff. There are better choices in the arena that night than Cody or Kenny. Uh, Cody is very good at what he does. Kenny is very good at what he does. Leaves them off of commentary. That's just my opinion. Especially when they have matches. That's really weird to me to have somebody on commentary that's having a match that night. Because uh, you had... Kenny. Kenny's obviously not comfortable on commentary. I don't think he's ever been on commentary. I think he may, he may have even mentioned that. Uh... It's it, it wasn't great commentary the whole night. Tony was kind of in it alone. Uh, you had a lot of trailing off, which is fine. You know, they're kind of just sitting around having a good time. I understand that. But a lot of people like to paint the picture that Cody is AEW's Triple H, and he was no Triple H in this situation uh, in the way that Triple H was to SmackDown. That's fair, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm being fair here, all right? I don't want people to think that we're AEW's lackeys or anything. 
I'm being fair. I'm, I'm, I'm airing my what grievance. Really happened, what really happened is Tony stopped dropping them checks in the mail. Yeah, that's, that's it. We got uh, the first match. So you had C- Cody leave commentary. The first match was Jimmy Havoc versus Cody. Didn't like this match. Didn't think it was a good match. Uh, I don't like Jimmy Havoc. It wasn't Cody's fault. I don't think their styles meshed very well together. It seemed like a lot of spots put together instead of one fluid match. Um, not only that, but this week, of course, it's not their fault again. It's because of the law set in place. There are no wrestlers at ringside. So you truly have AEW's first empty arena show, and you can really see how much they benefited last week from having MJF, from having Colt Cabana, all these guys ringside, to actually give it some liveliness to the crowd. And this is actually a legitimate empty arena. You have no response. You have a little picture-in-picture thing they're doing, which I would rather just not have, really, because... You've got the commentators there, and you've got a mic on the people, which is so stupid to me. It's, I get, I get laws. I get the. It's stupid to me. You've got like, what was it like seven or eight people crammed in the small trailer, right? Because they can't have ten people at ringside. And that is correct. Yeah. Their solution for this is to cram them all in a small space, close together. And it doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. I understand they're trying to skirt their ways in the laws. But if you can do that, why can't you have them outside spread across ringside? It seats like four or 5,000 people in that place. Yeah, it was was just clearly a way, because they obviously couldn't do what they did last week. So it was really the only alternative they could think of. Because they they obviously wanted to keep that, because I think it, it did work. And they knew it worked. So they wanted to try and recreate that. But yeah, I agree. This did not do the same thing. It, it Not only did it not do the same thing, I would rather just have an empty arena match like WWE's been doing than have a picture-in-picture match showing people's reactions. Um, if they want to do like a Facebook live stream and have MJF live stream or something, you can pull that up on your other screen, like on your laptop or something if you want to do that. That's fine. But don't detract from the match I'm trying to watch and put it in a small screen to watch, I don't know, was it Kip Sabian and the gun club react to this match. And I can't even understand what they're saying because yeah. you still have the commentators talking. It didn't work. I don't want to see them do this again. And every time, every time I went back there, they're like, awesome money's changing hands. It's like, yeah, we don't, yeah, that was cool last week, but it's, it's been tainted for me, but yeah, the first match we had Cody versus Jimmy Havoc. I think this was a bad match. I don't say it's a bad match. It wasn't a good match. Uh, Cody won obviously. And uh, after the match, we had a good part of the show. We had Jake Roberts cutting another promo in his typically excellent way. Uh, He had, he's basically selling Lance Archer as he's been doing, but it was just like him in front of a campfire, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's been since last Wednesday. It's just him in front of a campfire kind of thing, just speaking directly into the camera. And man, he's still so good. He surprises me every time. He's like, so good. He's I, always been good, though, his whole career. He's always been such a great promo, and I'm really glad that he's gotten sober and healthy in these last few years, and he's able to give this to us um, and and have him be active in wrestling again. Uh, and not only that, but I think this is a good way to handle it because he wasn't actually in the arena because, man, I get why JR can't travel. 
I get why you shouldn't have Tully or Arn traveling. These guys that are in a higher risk category for this virus shouldn't be traveling in airplanes. All right? Keep them at home. I get it. So the fact that they had something pre-recorded, probably at Darby's house or something, maybe his house, I don't know, that was a good way to handle this. And it got us a good promo on the show. So that gets a, that gets a plus from me. Uh, basically, the gist of the promo was he's saying, Cody, like, hey, stop. You know, start paying attention to us. We want a match. And Cody's like, no, you haven't earned a match. And that was that. Next up, we have Darby Allen versus Kip Sapien, which is actually a Sabian. I always say Sapien. Was it? Is it? Is it Ben Sapien from from it's, Hellboy? I don't that's, know. That's, that's what I always Sabian though. It's Sabian, yeah. yeah. Uh, or Kip Sabin, as he was known in the Indies. Uh, for some reason, he had two different names. It, this actually was a pre-recorded match. Uh, should have been just a stellar match. I mean, Darby and Kip are both very good performers, very young, very lively. Did, didn't like this match either. This is probably the only Darby match I didn't really like. Um, and a lot of this comes from the feel of the arena to me. You know, I, I haven't liked any of the empty arena matches that I've seen. Uh, the, the ones I prefer, probably the Daniel Bryans are the ones I've, I've liked the most because I think he's one that can handle a situation like that. And these are these guys' first time doing this. So again, I know it's not their fault, but I have to admit when it's bad. So also, and, and another another issue they had, this it's not their fault, but like half the roster couldn't be there for this show, right? Most of their roster's in like California. They I don't literally think they cannot travel out of California right now. Yeah. So Matt Jackson couldn't be there. Colt Cabana couldn't be there. Nick Jackson couldn't be there. Brandon Cutler couldn't be there. So you're running with like a bare bones crew, and Tony, uh, not Tony Schwani, Tony Khan has had this show pre booked for like a year in advance. So all this is just thrown on them. They've got to throw some stuff together, and that's kind of what this whole show was. It was just a thrown together show. Again, not their fault, but it doesn't mean it was good. So you had Darby Allen versus Kip Sabian. Darby Allen won. I that's kind of it. Um, I did like the comparison that Cody made on commentary of Darby Allen to a young Sting. Uh, I actually never thought about that. I even even with the face paint and all, but I can yeah. I can see the everybody always says Jeff Hardy, but I can see the comparisons. Um, what did you think about this match? Because I know I didn't like it. Maybe it was just the feel of the match I didn't like, but I just didn't. It didn't click with me. I think it was better than what you were saying it was. I did not like the opening match with Cody and Jimmy Havoc. Uh, I, Darby and, and, and Kip Sabian, it was fine, but it should have been incredible. So I understand where you're coming from, but it was serviceable. It was a good little TV match. It's just the reality is when you put these two guys in a ring, you expect to be blown away and you weren't. So I think that's probably, I think you're probably more disappointed in the fact that the match was bad because yeah. it should have been great and it wasn't. I think this whole show is not so much that it was just that bad. I think it was more of a disappointment because I was not expecting anything last week after watching the WWE MD Arena matches or MD Arena yeah. show. And I was blown away by how well they did it. I gave it an A+. It was a perfect way to handle it. And again, it's not their fault, but a lot of the things that made that show great were taken away from them. So... I'm going into this match expecting the same thing we got last week, and we're getting a much lesser product. So I think a lot of it comes from disappointment than it does it legitimately being bad. Yeah. Um, but if you look in the history of AEW, I think it's fair to say this is the worst episode they've seen yet. But we'll, 
we'll get into that towards the end. I'll tell you one thing. Darby Allen should not have lost to Kip Sabian. He didn't. He, he didn't. He didn't? No. no. Okay. Just ignore me. <laughs> You're right. He should not have lost to Kip Sabian. Lost to Kip Sabian. <laughs> Did he lose last week? I don't think so. No. Well, just ignore me. <laughs> you're doing you're doing a great job. That's some really thorough analysis there. <laughs> Go ahead. I make Mike. a great point. <laughs> so next up, <laughs> next up we have Jake Hager versus Chico Adams, and I got to say I was blown away that Jake Hager actually took the loss here to Chico Adams. Right, Kyle? I'm just going to keep myself muted. <laughs> <laughs> No, you had uh, you had Jake Hager coming out and squashing some jobber. Uh, it was it was a Jake Hager match. I don't like Jake Hager. They haven't been able to prove me otherwise. Uh, he is AEW's Brock Lesnar, in my opinion, uh, and not Brock Lesnar when Brock Lesnar was good. How was he on that WrestleMania show, Matt? How's what? <laughs> Jake Hager or Jack Swagger on the WrestleMania show that we talked about earlier? I don't think he was on it. He was part of that uh, cluster of the match with Taylor uh, versus. Yeah, the, that's uh, it was a two and a quarter star match. There you go. That's more than I would give this match. <laughs> uh, after the match, you had uh, Moxley coming out for the first time since this whole coronavirus thing has happened. Um, I'm trying to remember specifically what he said. Uh. Moxley came out and was Moxley, basically. Do you remember what he said? I really don't. Don't ask me. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, we're not. He basically just came out and said... Actually, I don't remember if he said anything. I know he got in the ring. He attacked Hager. They fought for a little bit. And then Hager got out of the ring. And Mox's like, what, you're, you're running away? Yeah, he may not have said anything. He may just strutted out there with the belt, lifted it up to the audience that wasn't there, and they may have cut the commercial. I feel like that's what happened. If it's not, Kyle, correct us. Uh, next, we have <laughs> QT Marshall versus Brody Lee. I was surprised by this match. I actually did like this match. Um, honestly, I've liked every match QT Marshall's been in. He's very good. Uh, he doesn't look like someone you would look at and say, hey, this is a really good professional wrestler. But uh, he's the one that backstage does a lot of coaching and teaching to a lot of the other uh, roster. And uh, yeah, he may not have the look of a, a top card guy, but he's usually a very solid worker. And, you know, as Cody would say, he's a good hand to have. Um, you had Brody Lee making his exalted debut in AEW. Uh, he kind of was holding back in this match. I think um, he can definitely do some more stuff than he showed. Uh, he's, apparently he can do a hurricane Rana. I saw a clip of that the other day on the internet. He's That's ridiculous. Talented. That's ridiculous. He's like eight feet tall. Um, well, he looks eight feet tall against AEW's roster. Um, but yeah, he he was very dominant in this match. QT Marshall got some decent offense on. But yeah, ended in Brody Lee defeating QT Marshall. And this is exactly what needed to happen. He needed a squash. He needs to steamroll some people. But not. it wasn't really a total squash. You actually had some offense by QT. And uh, you actually had a, a bit of an entertaining little little spat here uh you also had a new promo with Brody lee which i thought was very good or, or vignette i should say um he's he's sitting there in a suit and tie 
which lends credence to the different way they're going with the Exalted One Dark Order storyline, in my opinion. He's sitting there, he's eating a steak, and also there are John Silver and Alex Reynolds. And uh, they're, they're sitting there with their Dark Order garb on at the dinner table for some reason. And uh, he's eating his steak, and then John Silver starts to cut in his steak, and he says, Whoa, whoa, what are you doing? I haven't eaten yet. You don't eat until I finish. He throws him out. And he's basically telling, I think it's Alex Reynolds is left at this point, uh, basically the importance of strength in numbers and how they need to be stronger there in the Dark Order now, blah, blah, blah. Brody Lee does his best Vince McMahon impression by being a jerk to his employees. And there you go. Uh, I think it's a really interesting way to handle the Dark Order. Uh, I don't want to see too much Vince McMahon hate through Brody Lee's story. I thought it was interesting to see him come in and have a jab or two. But, I mean, what was what's Vince McMahon's, what was the character when it was me, Austin, all along? Uh, the, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't the, know what it was called. He was, oh, the higher power. That's higher power. I hope they don't turn this into Brody Lee is the higher power. Um, but yeah, I like, I like the corporate side of it, actually, him actually running a cult versus the spooky pervert thing we've had so far. So I think that's interesting to see how that will go. How did you feel about the vignette? I I didn't like it, just to be honest. I mean, it, it were a couple jabs that... Basically, the whole thing was a jab at Vince McMahon. And, yeah. and I think that the goal is to make it different. And it's it's not this weird spooky pervert thing like you mentioned. And, and that was their goal. But I didn't really like it. I just, I don't know. The sneezing thing was kind of funny because you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the sneezing thing. That was definitely. But I I don't know. It was just kind of lost on me, to be honest with you. Yeah, for those that don't know, Vince McMahon has a bit of a phobia of sneezes. If you sneeze around him, he will get visibly angry and throw you out of the room. Stephanie said it was because he doesn't like what he can't control, and he can't control sneezing. That's ridiculous. Uh, (laughs) So in the vignette... Uh, Alex Reynolds sneezes and Brody Lee goes off on him. I actually thought that was pretty funny. Um, but maybe I'm a bit, bit more of a Vince McMahon hater than you. Uh, after that match, you had the best match of the night, of course, Kenny Omega versus Sammy Guevara for the AAA Mega Championship. I thought this was a really interesting way to handle the current situation. So your whole this was supposed to be blood and guts this week. So, I think, right? Is this week supposed to be Blood and Guts? Not last week. Yeah, this week. It was the most recent. It's the one we're reviewing was supposed to be Blood and Guts. Yeah, yeah. So, this was supposed to be Blood and Guts. So, their whole card is thrown aside. They have no idea what they're doing. AAA cannot hold matches right now. They're not holding shows. What better way to have their brand shown than have Kenny Omega defend his championship? It's a win-win. You've got a main event that needs to happen. You've got a belt that can't be defended anywhere else. So, hey, have them do it on AEW. I know a lot of people, or I think Tony Khan even said they wouldn't be doing the AAA belts on AEW anymore because they did it on like some of the earlier pay-per-views. But, hey, this is perfect timing, really good way to handle the situation in my opinion. So that booking gets an A-plus from me because it actually made an interesting – I mean, it doesn't make any sense that Sammy Guevara is fighting for it. He hasn't really earned anything. But, you know – they, they work with what they got. they got a really good worker in Sammy Guevara. Um, I don't think he's had a one-on-one match with Kenny Omega yet. 
And you've obviously got a fantastic worker in Kenny Omega. So you're going to have a good match. And this was. This was a really good match. Um, this was by far the best match of the night. This was the highlight of the night for me. Um, yeah. So can you take us through any of the match? Do you have any notes or anything for it? Because I don't. It doesn't matter. It went too long. The match was good. There were 8,000 V-triggers in this match. The one spot that you need to highlight is... Sammy Guevara, who is hilarious and is quickly becoming one of my favorite characters, which is so a special thing considering how great of a wrestler he is. And it's not common where you find an amazing wrestler that's equally as good a character. And when he was singing Fozzie last week, he was great, even though he can't sing a lick. This week he had Captain Kirk, Chris Jericho, and Brandy Rhodes, but he had like caricature pictures of them yeah. in the front row. And so basically at one point, he took Brandy Rhodes' picture and started making out with it. And if you haven't seen Brandy Rhodes' reply to this, it's been <laughs> everywhere. Her face, she was like, oh, this is disgusting. And so Tony Schiavone's like, Cody, what are you going to do about it? And he's like, I don't know. Brandy doesn't seem upset. So if she's not upset, I'm not really upset either. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess that is one thing to do. Yeah, the match was – it was good, though. It just it, – it, considering there was no crowd, it went too long. There was no reason for the match to last almost 30 minutes. Yeah, I mean, they had a lot of TV to fill. It's, yeah. Not only that, the last promo lasted too long as well. Again, they're they're not rehashing old matches, so hey, take what we can get. Uh, also, it wasn't Captain Kirk, because Cody went on like a 15-minute rant about who it was, trying to figure it out. And uh, it was, I don't know, I don't know Star Trek. It was Okay, I do know Star Trek, so it was Captain Kirk from the new movies. So it's Chris Pine. Yes. Yeah, it it's maybe, not William Shatner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, again... I don't care about Star Trek. Cody went on for like 10 minutes about Star Trek. He did. He's a huge nerd. He's a giant nerd. And that's yeah. okay, but you're, you're commentating to a million people here, man. <laughs> I mean, this is cool if you want to talk about it on your podcast for 30 minutes, which you did. But, uh, yeah, I don't don't care. So maybe maybe leave that off. Uh, anyways, and like not only that, he went over it during commercial with Tony. Yeah. They came out of commercial, and he's like, you know what? I need to revisit this again for the people he watching the commercial. He's like, yeah, he said, I, I don't want to apologize to you guys, but I'm going to be bringing this back up. And I'm like, what a giant nerd. <laughs> uh, can you imagine, like, on WWE, if, like, Michael Cole was just going on about Star Wars in the middle of a match? What would the the hellfire that would rain down for Vince McMahon? <laughs> Oh my gosh! I have to think. Tony pulled him aside. I was like, okay, man. Honestly, it uh, would probably be better than Michael Cole's normal commentary, though. Uh, yeah, that's fair. It's entirely possible. But yeah, uh, Kenny Omega retained. Obviously, he came back into the booth very, very winded. I just want to hear so, Michael Cole say, "And that's vintage Darth Vader there." <laughs> <laughs> Do the the full like respirator uh, inhale sound? Yeah, that'd be that'd be awful. Now, you skipped a spot before we get to the final show. Vanguard 1 went to check on Nick Jackson. Yeah, Vanguard 1 went to check on Nick Jackson. Apparently, he is 61% better. Uh, it was it was pretty good, actually. So, he, like, it cuts to Nick Jackson's house, and Vanguard 1, like, pulls up, and I guess it's not, like, scheduled. He doesn't know. He's Nick Jackson, what? What's going on? And uh, he's like, sees him working out in his garage or something, maybe? It was, it was a pretty cool little spot. But yeah, just kind of an update on him. He had a baby, so we don't need to keep the kayfabe up. He's not injured. He had a baby. Little, right. Little, little Michael Jackson. Um, so the, the fine, I don't think it's Michael Jackson. So it is. Now we can go to, His name is, is Michael. Is it really? 
The, yeah. the real last name is not Jackson, but he said if he's ever a wrestler, his name will be Michael Jackson. <laughs> it was uh, it was on BTE this week. That I do know. That's See? awesome. I haven't watched BTE yet. Falling behind. Mm. Do you, Matt Matthew, do you want to take us through the final promo here? Because I feel like you're going to have a much more level-headed response than I will. And then okay. maybe I'll, I'll, I'll add to what you say. Okay. Because I don't want to flame so, on it too hard. Yeah. So Chris Jericho comes out with Fozzie, and he stated on Talk is Jericho that someone always has to sing because it's a thing, and he doesn't want it to go away. So he steals the camera from the cameraman and starts filming the cameraman singing Judas by Fozzie, which at first was funny, but it lasted, again, a little too long. So Chris Jericho comes out, and the greatest thing in the world happened. And if you flame this, it's okay to be wrong. Vanguard 1 comes out, and Chris Jericho cuts a promo on Vanguard 1, which those of you that don't know, is just a drone. And so he basically says, listen, listen, Vanguard, I know you're I know you're close to Matt Hardy and all, but I want to make you a special offer. Vanguard 1, you, you and me, you're, we're a lot alike, and I think it would be best if you join the inner circle. So Chris Jericho has asked this drone to join the inner circle. And as he's talking to it, it starts to back away, and he's like, "Wait a minute, what? What are you backing? What are you backing away for? What are you backing away for? You piece of..." And <laughs> he just eventually flies away until you see Matt Hardy up in the crowd, and then it flashes, and Matt Hardy teleports to a different part in the arena, then a different part, then a different part, and this is one of the only things that. This is something that you cannot do with a live crowd. So I understand why they tried this. It did not work. It did not work at all. And a matter of fact, it did not work so much that Matt Hardy came out and he was like, actually, I didn't, I didn't teleport. What had happened was there were a lot of drones and Vanguard One led them. So it was it He's was Mysterio all... from Spider-Man now. Exactly. He's like, it was it was all just holograms. It was not really me. I am not not. So Matt comes in the ring, and remember, this is before he says that it is not magic, and he says, I am magic. <laughs> and he calls Chris Jericho the maker of pain, which is great. And in short, because again, this lasted a little too long, which I get it. It's Matt Hardy's big debut. Chris Jericho is the biggest star they have. They want to give it time, and it probably went 15 minutes. So Matt Hardy came to the ring, and they based, Chris Jericho said, you know what, Matt? I know this isn't really you. I know that whoever you say you are on the inside, you're still just Matt Hardy. And Matt Hardy says, actually, I'm Damascus. I'm 3,000 years old. This is just my vessel or whatever. And it was it was just – I know I don't want to do a good Matt Hardy impression. Relax. Matt Hardy doesn't even do a good Matt Hardy voice either, though. <laughs> it just – it was weird. And so basically Chris Jericho invites Matt Hardy to be on his side. Matt Hardy says, no, he did the Bucks of Youth wrong, and he owes them a favor. Uh, for destroying Zenith or whatever. I don't know, some weird Matt Hardy nonsense. And so uh, Sammy Guevara comes in, and they double-team Matt Hardy, but Kenny and Cody Rhodes are both on commentary, so they come in out to help. They run Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara off, who are going up the ramp, and then they like start to come back, right? Because it's two on three. What heels wouldn't you know try to take advantage of that when they are the ones with the fewer numbers? And so... They start to come back, and Matt Hardy like waves his hands. I think he does a delete is what happens, and like pyro, like fire, actual like Kane style fire comes out of the front, out of the entranceway, 
and Jericho and Guevara freak out, and the show ends. So you can hate on the weird Matt Hardy teleportation all you want, but the Vanguard promo was was promo of the decade. I will say the Vanguard promo was the best part of the show. Also, he did the uh, uh, he did a promo on a Roomba. On yeah, Instagram yeah. After. So, on his Instagram, he he was so he a promo on a Roomba. So a couple things. I also so, cut a promo on my Roomba this weekend. Yeah, uh, the it turned the, on the, and scared all my dogs and made them bark. <laughs> uh, I don't want robots in my house. I don't trust them. Uh, the government's listening to us. Anyways, the uh, the Vanguard promo, very good. Loved it. Hilarious. The teleportation, very bad. Hated it. Don't want to see it ever again. My reasoning being, so first of all, a couple things. The teleportation segment was recorded during the Darby Allen Kip Sapien match. Yeah, that was a pre recorded match. They had a pre recorded segment, but Jericho didn't like it. So Jericho wanted to redo it. So they had about 30 minutes to edit this segment going in front of a million people. And that was a bad idea. All right. Chris Jericho has said if you hate this segment, blame me. If you love this segment, blame me. I hated this. Several reasons. Number one, it looked terrible. All right. It looked really bad. I could have done a better job editing this in Windows Movie Maker. Second of all, it breaks the kayfabe of wrestling. Okay. In wrestling, if you're going to teleport, the lights have to go out. <laughs> If you want to teleport, the lights have to go out. You have to keep up the illusion. I'm okay with teleporting in my wrestling. I love The Undertaker. I love Kane. I love The Fiend. You have to have the lights go out. We can't see the magic happen. If you want to control the pyro, I'm okay with that. I liked that part. All right? He's magic. Whatever. I'm fine. We need we need some magic going on in AEW. That's cool. But you just I don't want to see him teleport. If you want to have the lights cut out and he's moved, and the lights cut out and he's moved, you can do that only with a pre-recording because you could have it be split-second lights going out. But you have to keep the kayfabe alive. This may seem ridiculous. You may not agree with my opinion, but that's my opinion. But yeah, I didn't like this overall promo. Um, I like the broken Matt Hardy character. I can see the accent getting old, very quickly, I uh, I'm hoping maybe he has like a head injury soon, and uh, maybe it breaks him into like regular North Carolina Matt Hardy, but still with the brokenness. Well, Micah, in this new uh, this new character he's playing, that's in his uh, the new essence or whatever. It's apparently, innocent. it has the ability to switch on and off. So he does. He did say that he could go back to go back and forth between this new essence and like, you know, Matt Hardy like from North Carolina. Matt Hardy. Yeah. I would totally be cool with that because this could be a little much, especially for other people that aren't super into wrestling. They could see this and say, this is ridiculous. What the crap is this guy with the red streak in his hair? But yeah, uh, I, I, based on what you've said, uh, cause I clearly didn't watch the show. Uh, <laughs> the teleportation thing, like obviously what did you see that the- clip? No, but okay, you gotta uh, go watch the clip. It's awful. It's really bad. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he did a lot of crazy stuff in Impact, and I've saw most of what he did when he was in Impact, and he wanted to do a lot of it in WWE, and 
didn't get a chance to. So he's, he's trying to do a lot of this now. And obviously AEW is going to give him the freedom to do so. But he also said on Jericho's podcast that he thought this was a good chance for this Matt Hardy, broken Matt Hardy character to become more serious because it, though it was silly at times, he, when he originally did the character, he was a heel and he wanted him to still be vicious and seen as vicious, even through with all the goofy stuff that was with it. He wanted him to do vicious things. So I don't know, having the teleporting stuff and, you know, being able to do that, it kind of makes it, it makes it more just straight comical and unbelievable. So if you want it to be taken even like a, the slightest bit with a bit of seriousness, then yeah, teleportation does not sound like it'd be something I'd be into either. Especially if it's not done well. Like I said, yeah. I'm fine with teleportation. I just don't like the way they handled it. Okay. I love when the Undertaker, tele- Undertaker teleports behind people in the ring. Totally you cool mean to me. Mark Calloway. Yeah, when when Mr. Mark Calloway uh, teleports directly behind Alan Jones. You know, but yeah, here he's wrestling Alan Jones at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So story. let's let's grade this, Micah. What would you grade this AEW Dynamite? I don't even know what to grade it. I've spent a lot of time thinking about it, but it was a bad episode to me, right? So a bad episode has to be below a C. But again, it's not their fault. And a bad episode for AEW, I mean, I think the la- least I've given it is B-. minus. Yeah. Man, I really think this episode gets a D-plus from me on an AEW scale. I just didn't enjoy it. I really didn't. Okay. I, I had a, you, you did have the Kenny and, and Sammy match, which I actually did enjoy. But that's probably the only part of the show. And the Vanguard, the Vanguard promo. Yeah. Those two parts of the show, I really enjoyed. The rest of it, I could have done without. I'll probably enjoy watching Dark more this week than I enjoyed this show. Okay. So, I I don't want to take too much time grading it because this isn't my show, but I'm going to give it a C. I thought the show was just fine. Uh, considering the situation, whatever. It was okay. I didn't... It didn't make me excited to watch next week, which I think every other Dynamite I've ever watched has made me excited to watch next week. So am I excited to watch Wednesday? Sure, but not because of that show. So, uh, so I think while we're while we're here, should we talk about the new championship? Uh, sure, go ahead. So AEW has announced that there's going to be a television championship. And through the month of April, they're going to have a tournament to decide who will be the first champion. So you finally have a mid-card title in AEW. This, in my opinion, is brilliant booking. You have, like I said, they had these matches that are thrown together. They didn't really know what to do. They don't have a story to go on. What better time to throw in a tournament, right? So you've got, uh, what is it, eight-man? Eight-man tournament, I think it is. Oh, I think it's, yeah, yeah, it is eight-man. I think it's eight-man tournament for the TNT Championship. Not huge on the name. No, uh, me neither. I would have really preferred the Dynamite Championship. I think that'd been really cool. Yeah, uh, but yeah, whatever. I guess it's better than TV championship. That seems really old. It better have some TNT side plates if you're going to call it the TNT championship. Yeah, it's 100% going to. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good to put in a mid-card title. I think now is a good time to do it. And I think right now it's a really good time to have a tournament. I like tournaments. I really enjoy the tag team tournament. Uh, I really enjoy when they bring something new in and they have something different, a tournament, a battle royale, something like that to to – to vie for it. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a good time for them to do it. I think it's really good booking. And uh, yeah, they're announcing on dark tonight, which I have not yet watched. I watched it after we record this, 
on who the first four men in the uh, tournament will be. And I believe next week on, or I guess maybe tomorrow on Dynamite, they'll announce the other four. And uh, they'll start the tournament for the AWTNT Championship. So I'm looking forward to that. Interesting. Cool. So let's, uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Rock. If you want to spend a lot of time on SmackDown, you can. But who oh boy, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, I will say that I kind of agree. Like I had heard about dynamite having to, you know, make changes and go through some things. So, so I, me personally, I would take this episode with a grain of salt. It's obviously not what they wanted to do. We saw what they wanted to do when they had full control. And this, you know, I think the show should be graded on a curve just based on, you know, them not even being in full control of this. And I don't think it's going to be the norm for dynamite. Uh, not for SmackDown. This has totally been the norm for like the last month. And it's just been just as boring as every other SmackDown to this point. Uh, nothing really happened on the show that much. Uh, we'll get into it. We basically continue the build to WrestleMania 36. That's being taped at the Performance Center. The show opened with Michael Cole running down the lineup for the night. Uh, even announcing the, ro- the replay of Roman Reigns versus Triple H for us from WrestleMania 32. That they were going to show again. We really start off the show with Sasha Banks and Bailey off that awesome segment they had the week before with Paige. <laughs> so they come out to start the show again. They make their way down the ring. They note that WrestleMania is one week away. Anything's possible. They think Paige forced Bailey and Sasha to wrestle in this match, but uh, they said they weren't going to worry about it because they're best friends or whatever. So it doesn't matter what happens. Uh, but basically, before Banks could say anything, Lacey Evans interrupted. Evans comes out. Said WrestleMania's going to be a nightmare for both of them. Promised to win the title. Then Naomi's music hit. She marched out. Said she's got some unfinished business with Bailey. Was going to rip off her Sasha's blue wig. She said something about unfinished business from that mess she pulled at the last pay-per-view or something. And I was like, you mean beating you clean? So, right. yeah. whatever. So, neither Lacey or, or Naomi, they just, I don't care about them at all in here. So, I say that. So they're all four standing in the ring. Bailey said she's furious that she, uh, she said something like makes a joke about everyone's music hitting, you know, hitting or whatever. Uh, then Tamina's music hits. And now I will say Tamina hasn't made an appearance on WWE TV. Uh, she's been, she was in the Royal Rumble for a quick minute. But other than that, as Bailey said, when she was announced for this match, does she even work for this company anymore? <laughs> If it were me, I would have fired her on the spot because we have Naomi out here who's saying stupid stuff, but you know what? She's trying. Lacey Evans out here in her Southern gear. She's trying. Tamina's music hits. She hasn't been on TV in forever. She can come out here and make an impact. She's going to be on the title match of WrestleMania. She walks out wearing a hoodie, pajama pants, like (laughs) yoga pants, and sneakers. And she just saunders down to the ring, climbs in, just staring at everybody. She grabs the mic and she says, actions speak louder than words. And she kicks Naomi in the face. Then Evans gets beat up. And they look like the two biggest geeks. (laughs) Bailey and Sasha jump on Naomi. And they turn and look at Tamina. And Tamina just stares at them and they escape. And it was just the dumbest segment i was like okay so tamina looks bad because she's dressed like she just literally rolled out of bed in florida and came to the performance center 
uh, Naomi and Lacey, who are supposed to be the baby faces of this match, you're supposed to be cheering for. They just got just beaten up like dweebs from Tamina, who literally called her shot by saying, actions speak louder than words. I'm like, if you couldn't tell she's going to kick somebody or whatever, you're just dumb. And then Lacey, I mean, uh, Bailey and Banks, they didn't get over. So who cares about this match? Nobody. And I'm just going to move on because it sucked. Then we had a recap of Jane O'Brien and Gulak winning their tag match against Nakamura and Cesaro from last week. And obviously we have Drew Gulak going up against Shinsuke Nakamura with if Gulak wins the match, Daniel Bryan will be able to challenge Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. So we have Bryan and Gulak warming up before the match. Sami Zayn comes out, joins Michael Cole in commentary. Basically, the story of the match was Nakamura was uh, getting beat up by Gulak early on. And Nakamura was like, you know, taking punishment. And Cesaro was able to pull Nakamura out of the ring. The referee threw up his hands, but Sami Zayn was quick to point out, hey, that's not illegal. So Cesaro basically echoed this. They said, this is not illegal. You know, it was whatever. Gulak goes out and then they all basically Nakamura is able to get the advantage of him, kicks the piss out of him and he gets back. But Gulak's able to fight back. He smartly tries to take out Nakamura's legs. Nakamura does manage to get the advantage again. He sets up for Kinshasa in the match, but Daniel Bryan this time, he pulls Gulak out of the way, uh, pulling his arm in one direction and Gulak defying the physics and falling in the other direction, making Nakamura miss. Gulak is able to roll up Nakamura, picks up the win. Sami Zayn stands up, cries foul, saying, you can't pull him. This That's illegal, even though they did the same thing early on in the match. But despite this, Daniel Bryan is, in fact, challenging Sami Zayn one of the 16 matches we have for WrestleMania uh, for the Intercontinental Championship. So we'll see what happens. Uh, after this, we had uh, basically a recap of Dolph Ziggler showing uh, the pictures of their date with Mandy Rose to Otis and Otis snapping. Then Dolph Ziggler's in the back uh, talking on the phone about Mandy, Otis, the whole thing. Otis comes up out of nowhere, just like belligerent. And for, for I don't know what reason, this bald guy in a suit, I don't know who exactly it is, but he's going to make multiple appearances on the show, is holding him back. Uh, basically, Dolph says, all right, Otis, you're going to be crazy. Fine. You want to challenge me or you want to take me on? Fine. I challenge you to a match at WrestleMania. So the heel made the challenge to Otis for whatever reason. I don't know. Uh, he promises to have Mandy in his corner. Otis accepts, and we have the match set up for Mania. So what started out as like the best thing happening on SmackDown is just another crappy segment. Um, no good. Not a good Otis segment here. Uh, Otis didn't make the challenge. He's like belligerent for no reason. I guess he's mad at Dolph, but I mean, he's just coming off a guy that is just jealous for no reason. Yeah, it's coming off as creepy. Yeah, so he's just like mad, like incensed for whatever reason. I guess because of what Dolph did last week, but still get over it, Otis. So I don't know. They, they've really, uh, I enjoyed the segment last week, but yeah, it's, it's kind of jumped the shark at this point. So they're going to have a mania match, but we'll see what happens. Manny's going to be in Dolph's corner, but yeah. Then we had, <laughs> uh, this segment and I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to give my future endeavor of the week to Elias okay. for this segment right here. Basically, he's standing up in this perch in the Performance Center. The, the same thing that Triple H made his announcement from a couple weeks ago when they started this empty arena thing. So he's up in the corner. He's finally going to play a song about Corbin. 
He's got his guitar. I know Micah's loving this segment. Uh, he basically sings a song. It's about Corbin's throne being a toilet. He shows Corbin on a toilet, has his face on toilet paper. It's it stupid. It was, I mean, I think Oscar worthy. Okay. It was terrible. Mike is clearly being sarcastic. It's, uh, yeah, just an awful song. It's his stupid, like, not even a good song. It, yeah, it's just That's horrible. His He's bad at guitar, right? That's what his gimmick's supposed to be. <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to be that, but it's clearly well, becoming that. Yeah. So he gets on playing his song. So not only this geek out here singing this horrible song he wrote that's not even funny, he finally gets to play it after all these weeks. He finished it. He's so proud of himself. He has to turn around and fake, like, seek applause from clearly nobody in the audience. So he's, like, got his arms out. He's like, thank you, thank you, or whatever. (laughs) Corbin then attacks him from behind, which Corbin had to be the sneakiest or quietest person on the planet to get up to this perch and attack this man like this quickly. So not only did Elias get attacked from behind from, you know, this idiot, you know, trying to do a sneak attack, but it's because he turned around to, you know, face these fans who aren't even there. So he looks like a geek. He gets beat down from behind. He doesn't even put up a fight, gets destroyed. Corbin hits him with a scepter, knocks him on the guardrail side of it. Instead of just like scaling your way down and just like dangling off and dropping down safely to your feet. Cause it's not that high up. Elias holds on for dear life like he's Mufasa and Corbin basically hits him with a scepter, knocks him off and he falls to his death. The bald guy in a suit makes another appearance fresh off breaking up Otis's fight with Ziggler here to check on Elias who's dead on the mat. And I don't know, Gronk advocated for this match, but is Elias going to be able to make it to WrestleMania? Who knows? Um, But who really cares at this point? Then we have, what was that? Not me. Yeah, it's it's garbage. So, it's Lion Kingdom, basically. Yeah, and yeah, it was w- worse than the Lion, the live action Lion King. So if you could picture that, wow. <laughs> then we have Alexa Bliss with Nikki Cross on commentary versus Oscar, and it was compared to everything else on the show, it was fine. Let it, me ask you something because I didn't watch SmackDown. Uh huh. I was told by a couple people that Michael Cole acted like Nikki. He didn't want Nikki Cross to be there. That's absolutely right. Because Nikki Cross was out there being her normal self. She apparently was slapping Michael Cole several times during the segment because he stopped her at one point, just stopped commentating the match and said, why do you keep hitting me? And uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was hilarious just because like Michael Cole being tortured, it was just like fabulous television for me. So <laughs> it was at least entertaining because uh, Asuka has been, Asuka, the last couple weeks, she's, you know, been ridiculous, but at least has been entertaining. Alexa, still not a great baby face, but she did okay. At one point, she knocked Alexa on the outside because Nikki was distracting her. Uh, Alexa did her impression of Asuka's silly dance. Nikki jumped up on the desk and was doing the same thing. Uh, Asuka then jumped up on the apron and started cutting a promo on Alexa in Japanese, to which Alexa said, oh, really? And uh, Or something like that. And Asuka was like, uh, or no, Alexa said, oh, yeah. And Oscar just goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> just like <laughs> to her. And they went back and forth before Alexa kicked her off the apron. Uh, she tried to do a drop kick on the outside, but uh, Oscar caught her. They basically fought back into the ring. They went back and forth. Uh, Alexa was selling her arm through the entire thing because she had a bandage on it from some procedure she had. 
she basically almost got the Oscar lock. She pushed Oscar into a corner, rolled out of it, hit her with a DDT. And if you would have told me a couple of years ago that Alexa Bliss would beat Oscar clean in the ring with a DDT, I would say, wow, that's horrible. And it wasn't great, but it's building their mania match. So whatever. Oscar's not Oscar anymore. But yeah, Alexa beat her clean with a DDT. I didn't watch SmackDown, and right. I'm glad that I didn't because when I read that result, I lost my mind, and I would have just, I might have turned it off if I would have seen that. And I love Alexa Bliss, man, and I get it. But one of the things I hate is champions losing just to set up stupid matches that don't matter, and that's one thing that happened. And two, two months ago, Oscar was this unbeatable force that Becky Lynch. The greatest women's wrestler in the company today just couldn't overcome. It took everything in her power to overcome Asuka. She was the the devil on her shoulder. She was the monkey on her back. She couldn't get Asuka. She she, she couldn't defeat Asuka, but she finally did it because Asuka is this important, you know, powerful, amazing wrestler. Then she just gets beat. Like this match is what, nine minutes long? And she got yeah. beat clean by Alexa Bliss. Come on, man. This isn't the Alexa Bliss from a couple years ago either that was constantly winning titles. This is Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, who honestly, she hasn't really done much in the last couple months. So it was very disappointing for me. I hate the way they're treating Asuka, and it's, I didn't like it at all. Yeah. As much and, as I love Alexa And Bliss. still no Kyrie saying apparently she's going to be back for Mania, but she hasn't been in this feud at all. Uh, nope. I think... I mean, we'll you know we'll give a preview for all these matches coming up, but I really think they're going to take the belts off of them at Mania because they really haven't defended them when they have the belts. So Oscar and I mean Alexa and Nikki have at least been having tag matches. So I think they're going to get these titles. It's going to make Oscar look bad, and I mean I I totally agree with you. And this wasn't a good match by any means. Like Alexa Bliss did her little knee thing and. When she first came back from like being hurt or something at the Royal Rumble last year, I remember her doing a backflip and like doing the knees on Ember Moon, and it was so awesome looking. I was like, she needs to do that more often as a babyface if she's going to be a babyface because she needs to do cooler moves like that, especially since she has like a cheerleading gymnastics background. Uh, but she still she does the thing that like Carmella and all these other girls do, where they pretend to hit you, and like she lands on her feet before she hits her knees on her little flip thing. And then she was like, it was never going to hit this backflip that she tried to do on Oscar during this match. Uh, it was just, it wasn't a good match. It was just only entertaining because of Oscar and Nikki on the outside. So it, it, it was what it needed to be for the story. But yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, wasn't a good match. Oscar losing sucks to a DDT, but whatever, who cares? It's for a tag match at mania. So we'll move on. Uh, this is the point where we got the Roman Reigns Triple H uh, replay. So we're just going to skip that part. We then had the Firefly Funhouse where Bray Wyatt welcomed everybody. His uh, Lancer tried speaking to him, but he noted that uh, but Wyatt noted that he had already had his chance and failed. He made a drink in a blender to help him beat John Cena, which I didn't really get. He added Rambling Rabbit and laughed hysterically to the uh, the blender, I guess. Made like a juice shake thing. He then said that, uh, you know, that Cena's such a big star that he shouldn't have a standard match. Noted that Cena should come to his world. So he challenges him to a Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania because the uh, Sister Abigail house match or whatever, the House of Horrors or whatever it was of Randy Orton was so great. I can only imagine how good this match is going to be. Uh, so we will see. But At least it'll break up the monotony of just being a 
you know. Uh, well, it's going to be the same eight, thing like the Boneyard match, I imagine. It's going to be a gimmick, yeah. uh, something different. So, Look, I'm all for a gimmick match right now, the way things are. If they – they've got to capitalize the on it. better do a run they've in got, or I'm going to be pissed. They've got no audience. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Rambling Rabbit just throw himself at The Undertaker or the, at John Cena. They've got to capitalize on this situation. They've got no audience. They can completely pre-record this. Make it like a movie. They've got the perfect opportunity to do something unique, do something new, do something fresh, do something to break up the monotony of eight hours of wrestling with no audience. Uh, Hopefully it, Jeremy Borash has something to do with this match. Because <laughs> he's the one that helps Matt Hardy with the uh, Hardy comp yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I... Honestly, I'm probably looking forward to this match more than most of the matches. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it be, could be pretty good if they handle it well. They probably won't. Not get my hopes up. <laughs> we will see. I, I, yeah, I'm in that camp. I don't have my hopes up. And then after that, we basically had the main event segment of the night. The Usos versus the New Day, which... <laughs> uh, I just... So, I've been so incensed with... I think they actually did announce that this would be, the winner would go on to face. I can't remember exactly if this match was the one that they said it was or not. I, I don't remember. Anyway, I have I such a bone match. Well, so I don't remember if it was this match, but Michael Cole at some point said like the winner of this match would uh, be in the driver's seat. I think it was the, actually the Oscar Alexa Bliss thing. I can't remember, but they've done a really horrible job of like, just having number one contenders matches and saying it's for it's for the belt. They've so much lately said that this is for an opportunity for a chance, maybe at the title. Like they do so much of this. I think this was an actual the whoever wins this match is going to face Miz and Morrison at WrestleMania. So it was basically Usos versus New Day. Miz and Morrison were out of commentary. I will say Morrison very entertaining on commentary to this whole match. He was hilarious. It was, I mean, the Usos and New Day have wrestled a hundred times. It was the same, the same thing. Uh, at one point, Miz and Morrison did start a fight forever chant. Uh, so, I mean, they were really the only great thing about this match. Uh, I mean, we've just seen it a hundred times. Basically, the match ended when uh, Miz and Morrison jumped up on the announce table, started dancing. Kingston came and just like swept Morrison's feet out from under him. Jimmy then hit a suicide dive onto Miz. Biggie followed up with a spear onto Jimmy off the apron. Then the Miz and Morrison started beating down the New Day and Usos for the disqualification. Just a waste of time, essentially. Then Michael Cole, and I pointed out Michael Cole's horrible announcing and commentary for this reason. He grabs the microphone. He says, Miz Morrison, after they'd beaten these guys down, they said, you will not face the New Day, nor will you face the Usos at WrestleMania. But instead, you will face both the New Day, and the Usos at WrestleMania. And, okay. <laughs> so they, Michael Cole wants to get one over Miz and Morrison. They have what? made announcements. Announcement, they've, like, given the swerve before to these, like, heels and saying, you're not just going to face them. You're going to face both of them. They've done stuff like this before. But this was, like, a complete lie and then a swerve that it's another lie. Like, because he said, you're not going to face the Usos or the New Day. So it's like, okay, so neither of them are going to be in this match. That's, and the New Day. That's what he said. He said, you're not facing the New Day or the Usos. 
and then said, you're going to face both of them. And it's like, that makes zero sense, Michael Cole. You idiot. <laughs> I don't know who wrote that, if Michael Cole just did it or what, but it was so dumb. And it was the perfect ending to this horrible show. We then got <laughs> a tease that Goldberg and Roman Reigns were going face-to-face next week, I guess. And John Cena was going to address Bray Wyatt challenging for the Firefly. We know Roman Reigns is not going to be on the WrestleMania, so I don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, so basically the show, nothing happened. The only thing that's been positive this whole time on SmackDown has been Otis. Even that wasn't good this week. So not a good show. I give it an F. It failed on every account. So yeah, not a good show. Take my word for it, guys. (laughs) I'll take your word for it, Kyle. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't watch it. Like I, I read the recap, and I'm like, nope, hard pass. Not gonna watch that because I, I couldn't watch it on Friday, and I was gonna watch it on Saturday. And I'm like, I don't know, it's been pretty bad. Let me just let me take a quick look and just see what's on there. Nope, not gonna watch this. Like not spending, you know, even without commercials, an hour and fifteen minutes of my life watching this mess. Not yeah, and honestly, my review is giving it way too much credit for what it is. But I mean, hey, I'm trying to make something entertaining out of this. But yeah, yeah it was horrible. Well, I'm going to run very quickly through Raw, but before we do, I do want to note that Monday's WrestleMania 36 go-home edition of Monday Night Raw is the lowest-viewed Raw of the year. Really? Wow. They didn't crack 2 million on the Raw before WrestleMania. While everyone is staying home with nothing to do... No sports. Yeah, they still couldn't crack 2 million. Perhaps it's because it's not good, and it's been historically not good lately. It is the second lowest non-holiday Raw viewership in history. God, mm, that's pretty bad. They've been going for yeah. like 35 years. Yeah, it's terrible. And this now, is their peak home. time of the, the year, too. Yeah, last year's go home for Raw drew 2.589. So, or no, I'm sorry, 2.639. So six, basically 650,000 more viewers. That's a big deal. Yeah. If if you're a company and you lose, what is that, 20% of your clientele in a year, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. But would you want to watch – I mean, SmackDown was bad with two hours and a replay of a match. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm still baffled at how they're thinking about executing WrestleMania. I know they've taped a lot, but still, they're saying it's going to be – Eight hours from two nights, but it's, I mean, they got 16 matches, but like, how is this going to be entertaining? They can't do two hours of entertaining SmackDown. I just don't know. We will see. Yeah. It's going to be four hours of WrestleMania through the years. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Uh, okay, so I'm going to give you guys Raw, and I'm going to do it real quick because I do not want to spend 30 minutes on it like you guys did AEW and SmackDown, so here's the deal. Undertaker opened. He had a incredible promo. It was really good promo. So good. Yeah, it was really, really good. It was good. his best promo in a long time. It was. He was this weird mixture of the biker taker and dead man taker. Basically... He called AJ Allen Jones, which was interesting because that's what AJ Styles called The Undertaker or, or called The Undertaker Mark Calloway. I don't like it when they use real names because I think that takes away. I mean, you're supposed to suspend disbelief. So, like, I get it if you're like CM Punk because that's not a real name. 
Or and Edge. Lunatic's not a real name either, but he's supposed to be a demon, right? So I'm okay with Edge doing it, but I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, this, this promo was really, really good. He said that, you know, this was all okay. He had he took no personal issue with AJ Styles until he mentioned her. And he said her like 14 times. Her? And then, yeah, he, he mentioned that it was Michelle McCool and that Sarah. AJ was mad. Yeah, no, that AJ was mad because Michelle McCool did the Styles Clash better than AJ Styles ever could. That is incorrect information, <laughs> but I'm glad that he supports his that wife. That would be my only critique about this promo was... <laughs> I mean, if you want to say you brought my wife into this, now I'm going to kill you. I'd be like, great, man. But him saying you brought her into this, then he says, Michelle McCool. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, that's kind of lame. And then he says I he's think- upset because her style class got over and it was better. I was like, dude, just stop. And then he moved on from that quickly. And I was like, okay. That was the only negative of this promo. Other than that, it was really good. Yeah. So uh, after that, we have Becky Lynch who came out. She's driving her 18-wheeler in. No one, I mean, it just, I, yeah, So This had to be her WrestleMania entrance. And since she didn't, get, be, yeah, since she didn't get to use it, they're, they're using it on Raw because they can't drive at the Performance Center. But it's who's driving around in that truck? Somebody really likes Becky Dude, Lynch. Maybe she's doing a world tour like <laughs> Lex Luger did back in the day. The so Bex Express. The Bex Express is awesome. I'm yeah. down. I'm down. Good job. So Becky takes the mic. WWE, give me a call. Follow me on Instagram at Kyle.Polly. Shoot me a DM. We'll get this uh, We'll get this check cashed. And uh, yeah, I'm full of ideas. He'll, he'll even change that F to an A plus for the right amount of money. No. So Becky <laughs> Ten, says, tens of dollars. <laughs> tens of dollars. That uh, Becky Lynch says that last year she won over Ric Flair and Ronda Rousey. Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. And that she said, I've been walking that razor blade thin line ever since. And I'm like, what in the world kind of line is that? It sounds so stupid and so scripted and so corny. And yeah, she says that. Then she says, let's take a look. And then they just show the main event from WrestleMania last year. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, is this the best way to use one of your biggest stars in the entire company? I can spoil that for you. No. No, it's not. So after the match is over, you come back to Becky and she starts to cut a promo, but Baszler attacks her from behind and she basically knocks Becky Lynch out and she stands over her. We go to commercial. We come back. Aleister Black kicks off Jason Cade's head. It looked amazing. It was too short. Move on. Uh, Street Profits and Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins, Andrade and Angel Garza. But wait. Zelina Vega comes out and she says, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. You see Andrade. That was my Zelina Vega. Was it good? You sounded like a short Hispanic woman for sure. Perfect. That was what I was going for. That's exact. She is a short Hispanic woman. So it works out. And so she says, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. That's not what she says. But she did say Andrade is legitimately injured, which is true. Um, but she has an up-and-comer that will be taking his place, and she knows that he will be able to, what did she say? Oh, she says he's the hottest free agent in all of wrestling, but he's the hottest free agent no more. And so Angel Garza comes out with Zelina Vega and Austin Theory. Who's lost like know. 90% of his NXT matches, but I digress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but 
to be honest, he's very talented. To be fair, maybe Schmidt really really isn't good looking because he's a uh, he's he's shredded. So yeah, he is. So uh, the one thing that we need to point out in this match is there was a point where Seth Rollins was supposed to trip Montez Ford. Montez Ford thought, did not know that Seth Rollins got to him. Uh, and yes, it is scripted, but like grab his foot so he knows you're there. He didn't think that Rollins got there, so he just decided, you know what? I'm just going to go over the top. So he goes over the top, and Austin Theory like tries to catch him, but couldn't get to him. So he just plopped on the floor. Front just, flip straight on his back. Kind of hit the ramp. Austin Theory yeah. didn't touch him and still took a bump. So, yep. uh, yeah. Montez Ford is dead. <laughs> uh, I mean, might as well be. Like, geez. Yeah. That looks so, horrible. The match ended with Kevin Owens hitting a stunner on Angel Garza. Fine. As soon as the match is over, like immediately, Seth Rollins comes in and stomps Kevin Owens in the head and leaves. There you go. Um, they talk about the Big Show show. Uh, it's out on April 6th, by the way, and I will be watching. Will it be good? Probably not. Will well, I watch Big Show show. <laughs> yes, I will. I will watch it anyway. It better be I a theme it. song. I'm going to be mad. It won't be, but I, it would be great. I tell you what, my wife and I love the Big Show. She loves the Big Show, one of her favorites, and uh, I'm actually I'm legitimately excited about it. And I don't think it'll be good, but I don't care. Like like Knucklehead was not good, but I enjoyed every single minute of it. It wasn't. Legitimately. I, I, no, it wasn't good, but I loved it. Oh man! So Kevin Owens is in the ring. He's struggling to get up. He cuts a promo on Rollins. Like I I don't care. It was good, right? Just like in the Seth Rollins one last week, it was fine, I guess. Fine is a way to say it. But I just it's just so empty to me in these empty arenas. If they're going to do promos, do them in the backstage like Undertaker did. Speaking of that, Edge has a promo. And he's in the backstage area. And oh boy, was this a, an incredible promo. And it was long. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, this should be the end. Promos don't last this long. But it didn't matter. Adam Copeland, see, I can use real names too, had me on the edge of my seat for a solid four minutes, I think it was. Everything he said, the cadence in his voice, it all made sense. It was all just, it was perfect. And even though these empty arena matches have taken away from almost every feud, I was super excited about AJ Styles versus Undertaker. I'm not really anymore. I was super excited about McIntyre and Lesnar. I'm not really anymore. I was super excited about Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. I'm not really anymore. But there's one feud that no matter what has stayed fire hot, and I'm just as excited as I would have been if they were doing this in front of 90,000 fans, and that's Edge and Randy Orton. I am so excited for this match not because i haven't seen no it's named for edge I mean, i've seen edge wrestle a million times i get it's been nine years but it's against randy orton it's going to be something we've seen before but the way they've built this match up makes this match special and i am so excited for this match now do you guys agree with me can you just not hide it i'm so excited and i just can't hide it you're right <laughs> are you about to lose control Okay, just do you agree with me or not? <laughs> yes, yeah, I, no, it, it's I like it's been a great program. Uh, I mean, they still haven't touched each other since the the Rumble, uh, which is what should have happened. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to handle it. So yeah. 
yeah, I want to see them go at each other. So they're going to do it. At Wrestle- I mean, it's the only thing that I've been looking forward to at WrestleMania, honestly. Um, nothing else has, everything has seemed thrown together. They either create a story out of nowhere for the sake of having it, or like, it's just, it's just not organic. Where if this has been completely organic, it's made sense. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. So plus it's Edge 100%. and Orton. I've seen Orton versus McFoley. I've seen Edge versus McFoley. This could be awesome. So, yeah. So Oscar beats Caden Carter, who's an NXT wrestler in three minutes. It was fine. Not even I that. Mean, like what, a minute. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just fine. Um, Asuka like puts on her headset and she talks to Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, but there's no translator there. So you can't, you have no idea what's going on. Um, after that, they show Rhea Ripley arriving on WWE raw and Charlotte Flair kicks her. And Charlotte Flair's like, what did she say? She'll see you at WrestleMania, and I'll see you at WrestleMania. And Rhea Ripley stands up after Charlotte Flair walks away, and she like looks all like smug, and she's like, yeah, you will. Now, here's what was stupid about this. Neither of these girls were on Raw. And Rhea showed up in full gear. She sure did. <laughs> well, I mean, why? technically, she was like, wearing like ripped-up jeans and stuff, so... Is probably her real street clothes, but might as well have been her full gear. Yeah. Uh, at some point here that I have randomly missed, they showed Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio from whatever pay-per-view that was. It didn't matter. Survivor Series, I think. It, it was after was Charlotte and uh, Rhea. So. Yeah. So then we get Brock Lesnar in the ring. Paul Heyman cuts a promo. Paul Heyman cuts an incredible promo. And again, I've said this many times before, Paul Heyman does such a good job putting over Brock Lesnar's opponents. He says, a few months ago, we thought Brock Lesnar entered the Royal Rumble because we thought no one was worthy to wrestle Brock Lesnar. But we were wrong. Drew McIntyre has proven himself. Drew McIntyre is special. And let's be honest, in a locker room that is more talented than any other wrestling locker room ever, which is... Total lie, but it puts it over, right? More talented than any other locker room ever. Drew McIntyre is still special. However, Drew McIntyre compared to Brock Lesnar is nothing. Because you see Brock Lesnar defeated and he goes off and talks about WWE stars. He talks about uh, UFC stars. And Lesnar is just standing there looking like a murderer. And at the end of the promo, and again, if you guys haven't seen it and you like promos, go watch it. It, I mean, for promos, this whole show was really good. And he says, I'm not going to make a prediction. I'm not going to even make a spoiler. I'm going to guarantee that at this time next year, on the Raw before WrestleMania, standing before you will be... Brock Lesnar as your WWE champion because he had spoken about how that's happened year after year. And it's true. And it has. So this, this promo was really, really good. And the raw was fine. I mean, the wrestling was eh, but again, do you really want people in the ring with each other for a long time? I don't know. The promos were so good. Honestly, I kind of enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it a B minus. I think it was better than most of the no fan shows that WWE have had. I thought it was okay. 
Did either of you watch the show? I think it's the best Raw that we've had um, since the the no fan situation. Um, But, I mean, it wasn't great by any means, but it had a lot of good promos. Yeah, Yeah. I think the promos are definitely what stood out on the show as being good. Obviously, Edge, uh, Taker's promo was good. Um, Owens had a pretty good promo. Um, Becky's was just weird because it had obviously the giant break where they showed the match, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it was okay. Like I didn't think it was great, but yeah, it's about as good as you get, you know, leading up to mania. And like I said, we'll see what happens and what they do with, you know, WrestleMania. Cause they've, like I said, they've struggled to fill two hours, even three hours with, you know, nonstop entertainment, total nonstop action, if you will. Uh, so <laughs> We'll see if uh, they can do eight hours of it this weekend. Hmm. And so with that, before we end the show, we're going to play a game that we haven't played in quite some time, and that game is called Keep or Cut. And we're going to do a WWE edition, and I'm going to give you guys ten wrestlers and or tag teams. And I want you guys to tell me if you would keep them or if you would cut them, and you have to justify your answer. Okay. Okay? Right. So, Kyle, I'm going to let you answer this one first. Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Um, hmm. I would keep them just because they're good employees. I mean, I would pay them dirt probably, but <laughs> I would keep them. Uh, they're veterans in the ring. They're they're going to stay, stay with – I mean, if they haven't left WWE now, they're not going to. Uh, and I, I think they, they can be good for, I mean, they're jobbers at this point. I think they're okay with that. I don't think they're, I mean, Zack Ryder had his, you know, WrestleMania moment. I think he's never going to forget that. And I think he's okay with that. He knows his spot in WWE. So I think they could be kept on as jobbers, but I wouldn't necessarily cut them. Micah? Yeah, I would probably keep them at this point. Like I said, they've been there so long. Um, they've. You're not going to bring them back to the, the the main event or anything. I think they'd be good hands to have in the. I mean, you got to have lower card guys. I mean, somebody's got to do it. I think they're probably good guys for it. They're definitely good workers. Um, and you want some solid guys that you can have in the lower card that aren't going to injure people. So there you go. You've got those. Okay, Micah. No way, Jose. I would cut him. I mean, what what is there to do with No Way Jose? I mean, what have they done with No Way Jose? I mean, he was involved in the uh, the big reveal. Oh man, the uh, the caged animal. Uh, other than that, what's he done in the last? I don't know, ten years. <laughs> no, I, I I have I I see no reason to keep him. Maybe Kyle can. Prove me wrong. I personally, I mean, if you're going to keep him in the exact same role he's in now, I would cut him. But I think they, I mean, he was a really good opener for NXT, like when they had the takeovers. He's a big dude. I mean, you could either change his gimmick, find a new role for him. Because, I mean, the dude's like jacked and he's a giant guy. And, I mean, he, he could be entertaining. He was in the No Way Jose gimmick. Um, I just don't think they know what to do with him. They, he's Adam Rose 2.0. And honestly, 
they were tired of Adam Rose when they got rid of him. So he's, he's just stuck in this role. Uh, I hope one, you know, for his sake, he could get out of it at some point. Cause I think he could be an asset. So I would keep him for that reason. Uh, or he could, if they really treat him the right way, he could either, you know, be a good opening act of where he just comes out and dances and, you know, beats up some geek or something or picks up a win and like stays in the lower to mid cut area and like could challenge for a title or something. But if they just have to do something with him, like if they're going to keep him the, you know, in the same role he's in now, then no, he's not worth keeping. But I think he's got, you know, something there that they could use him if they wanted to. All right, Kyle. Cedric Alexander. Honestly, at this point, if I'm WWE, I cut him. And I know you're saying, are you kidding me? You're keeping No Way Jose, but you're cutting Cedric Alexander. I know. But they don't know what, I mean, at least No Way Jose is a big guy and they give him something. He's an entertaining guy. Cedric is a great wrestler. Cedric could get over somewhere. I don't see him getting over in WWE because they're not going to let him. They tried. They gave him like a week and he just wrestled and they didn't believe in him. So, and there's not much more. If you can't get over doing that, I don't know what you can get over doing. So he needs to go somewhere else. He can be a great asset to somebody who knows how to use him like an impact a new Japan or an AEW, but for WWE, they should cut him. So I think Cedric Alexander is, is very talented worker. I don't think he's got the rest of it altogether. Um, and he hasn't been really given a great chance to showcase it, but from what I've seen, I don't think that he has the rest of the package together. Uh, I think if they cut him, he would want to go to AEW with his wife, Big Swole. I think that would be a poor decision. Uh, I know, like Matthew said many times, you don't want to see AEW become the TNA, accepting any WWE, uh, you know, stray puppy that comes through. He would be one of those that you take just for the sake of being a WWE guy, and I think that would be a poor decision. Um, but yeah, I think if I was WWE, I'd probably cut him. He's a good worker, but they've got they've got enough good workers. They're obviously not doing anything with him. Uh, at the very least, move him to NXT or something and and try to get something more out of him. Okay, but I'd probably cut him. Micah, Billy Kay, and Peyton Royce. I don't know who Billy Kay is. So cut. <laughs> it's it's the iconic. She's Peyton Royce's tag team partner. Yeah, only reason I know who Peyton Royce is because of uh, her significant other. But yeah, yeah, Sean Spears. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I would I would cut them because I don't know who they are. They won the tag titles at WrestleMania last year. Come on, I didn't watch last WrestleMania. <laughs> Kyle, why don't you give us a little more in depth analysis than that? Um, there's not many women's tag team in WWE right now. Uh, they get over to an extent. They have a fan base, I think. I I don't necessarily like them going out there and just acting the complete fool. I think they should probably, you know, they should be bumbling heels like they are. But, like, I mean, I I just distinctly remember Billy Kay, like, on the outside, punching the air. Like, you know, so, I mean, they've done a lot of goofy stuff as the Iconics. And they're not great wrestlers. 
But I think they could be a good heel jobber tag team for the women's division, so I would keep them. Okay. And last one, Kyle. Ricochet. I would, de- I mean, come on. It's it's completely WWE's fault that they're missing on this guy. I mean, yeah, he's one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. I mean, he might not have it character wise right now, but I mean, they haven't given him. They haven't given him. Yeah, he has not. He has nothing to work with. He's been the what is it? The uh, real life superhero with the stupid (laughs) like. It's WWE trying to force somebody to do something that sucks and just expecting them to get it over on their own. And it's like, you can't overcome this, or at least this guy can't, because he's not the rock. So just let him go out there. I mean, Alistair Black, he couldn't get the stupid, I'm in the, this room, come and fight me gimmick over. But now he's going out there and kicking people's head off, and he's at least getting by on that right now. Um, but Ricochet is just, he, he's the next Rey Mysterio. Uh, him, like Ray Phoenix, they're like one of a kind. Like, those that's, you know, Michael Cole has stupidity of something I just said. So I will, <laughs> there's not <laughs> many people like that. Uh, they, they're, you know, the minority of like just talent that you can find, you know, out there right now. And my God, like just let him do his thing. Like let him be ricochet. That's all you have to do. Like you don't have to give him some stupid gimmick. You don't have to, you know, do whatever. Like literally the other day, I actually saw a clip on Instagram. I was swiping through Instagram and saw a random clip of Brock Lesnar just beating up this geek in his like teal color underwear, throwing him all over the place. And I was like, wow, what a dweeb. <laughs> Who is this? And it was Ricochet. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. He like yeah. did those shorts and like had a different attire for one match. But just the way he was flopping around the ring and just getting destroyed, I was like, he, this is not who Ricochet should be. He He's greater than that. He is so good in the ring they should let him be him and they're not so if they let him do that keep him because he's great and it's their fault for screwing him up i think from an ethics standpoint they should release ricochet because what they're doing to him is unethical uh but from a wwe standpoint there's no way they should ever drop ricochet he's fantastic I know, just mirror what Kyle said. Yeah, he doesn't have everything on the mic right now. But, I mean, good Lord, look what they've been giving him. Uh, He's one of the best performers in the business. I think best thing to do with Ricochet right now, put him in NXT. Have him go against Finn Balor. Let him have a really good uh, program with, you know, a Finn Balor, uh, Velveteen Dream, something like that. They could put on some great matches. But... Don't relegate him to like main event or 205 Live or whatever they've been doing with him recently. They've they've ruined his character on Raw for the foreseeable future. He doesn't need to be on Raw right now. He's a geek. He got destroyed by Brock Lesnar. He's gotten just, just embarrassed. Put him down on NXT. Let him work on his mic skills a little bit. Let him be coached up a little bit and, and be the superstar that he was born to be. And then bring him up again to a... Uh, a good push like he deserves. Only yeah, problem no is you should, should cut Ricochet. Only problem is it's the same thing that I don't like about Finn Balor being down there right now. There's only, there's less than a million people. I mean, less than a million people every week watching NXT. Like I, and I'm still, I know they're trying to make it a third brand, but I'm still on the side of, this is still developmental. 
people don't see it as like, if I ask like just the casual person, uh, even that knows a little bit about wrestling, I, I have my cousin who he'll hear something about Goldberg coming back whatever, and he'll text me and be like, is Goldberg coming? Like, so he hears things about wrestling from time to time. I bet you if I ask him what NXT was, he wouldn't have a clue what it is. He, he, he's not even sure what AEW is. He called it uh, AWE or something like that. Like he's, he's not, you know, he's a casual wrestling. Like he can find out about wrestling if he hears about it, but that's about it. Uh, but he knows what Raw and SmackDown is. And that's where your viewers are. If you want to make a guy a star, it's going to be on the one of the two shows, not on NXT. I mean, I'm going to say that until they put NXT on Monday night's prime time. Yeah, but you, you're saying that it's a developmental. Well, Ricochet needs some development. You know, not in his, obviously, his physical skills. He's dang near perfect. But he needs some help on the mic. He really does. Just like Rey Mysterio did in his earlier career. He wasn't great on the mic. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. But he was not always good on the mic. Well, if, uh, I mean, if, if the, the way that you get guys like this over is you just let them do what they're good at. And if they have a weakness... Why try to make it like it's trying to make Ricochet cut these promos and stuff like he's the rock or something or trying like it's not going to happen, at least, you know, not in this capacity. Maybe it'll happen organically, but like, yeah, it's it's just not in the cards. And I if he goes down to NXT, he's going to do the same thing. He's just going to be awesome in the ring and it'll put on good matches, but nobody will see them. And he'll just do that for a while. And if he went back to the main roster, they do the same thing with him. So I, I don't know, like sending him down to NXT, just like he'll get good matches, I guess. But if you want him to be a star in the WWE, that's not the way to go. I mean, and I still don't agree with Finn Balor going back to NXT. Cause I'm like, I'm sure he's having more fun because he's doing what he wants and he's having good matches when he wants to. But I mean, for me, who wants to see him be successful and like, you know, make his cool, you know, entrances on like a WrestleMania stage. Like I think he could be and like be a real star if they knew how to do anything with him. He has to be on Raw or SmackDown. I mean, it's just Maybe how I think it is. NXT though. Maybe he just enjoys it more. I'm sure he does. Was, it's a better life. Out. It's a better lifestyle. I mean, they but he's never going to be, he is not going to have a hall of fame career on NXT. I just don't think he is. That's fair. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 93 of Wrestle Life Radio. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. You can follow us all on Facebook and Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio and on, at Wrestle Life Pod on Twitter. You can follow Kyle on Instagram at. You can follow me on Instagram at Kyle.Polly. Uh, listen to the episode tomorrow to see why he's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Wrestle Life Matt. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate you. Make sure to tune in this weekend for our WrestleMania review shows. We're doing two because our reviews are too big. And the preview show. show. We're gonna have a preview first. Yes, absolutely. Did what did I say? You That's said reviews. Sorry. <laughs> yes, preview. My bad. My bad. Ladies and gentlemen, it is very late at night, so I'm going to sleep. I hope you all have an absolutely Wonderful day. See you guys.